Hello and welcome. You are listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. We really hope that you enjoy and benefit from this episode. Hey folks, welcome to this week's episode of the saleschatshow.com. I'm Simon Hazeldean and I'm here again as usual, uh, Mr. Graham Jones and Mr. Phil Jessen. Now I am sure that many of you listening have sat through some very, very dreary, boring meetings. Specifically, let's look at sales meetings. So this episode is around how to run a really great sales meeting. So I shall hand over to my esteemed colleague, Mr. Phil Jessen, to give us some structure to this session, which will be make a change for saleschatshow.com to have structure. But Phil, over to you. (laughs) Well, I'm going to suggest that we talk about um, things that a manager stroke director could be doing before the meeting, Uh, some stuff during the meeting when it's going live, uh, and some other stuff after the meeting. So Fantastic. Uh, from my point of view, a couple of ideas uh, before the meeting. Um, be very, very clear about the objective, uh, why we're we having this meeting. Um, it, it's one of those things where uh, I would typically say to myself, what do I want people to do as a result of the meeting? Whereas if you're not careful, I think you can very often say to yourself, what am I going to say in the meeting? Mm. It's not quite the same thing. What do I want people to do as a result of it? Um, I'd ask for suggestions on agenda items. Um, not that I would fill the meeting with that, but clearly um, if the consensus is we need to be looking at a particular competitor or a particular piece of product knowledge, then I might uh, choose to feed that in. Uh, and my other before suggestion would be uh, select the right venue and the right room layout. So if it is a problem-solving environment where we might be inviting in a colleague from the R&D department or the factory or whatever... Uh, If it's a problem-solving environment, we want one of those all-in-it-together type layouts. We want the round table there. Uh, We don't want the boardroom table with the sales team down one end uh, and the production team uh, down the other. So I think getting the environment right uh, is really what I'm saying there. What about you, Graham? Well, yeah, I mean, I agree. I think the the environment's right. But one of the things that I would do is check everybody's social media activity who are coming to the meeting to find out you know, what they've been saying and what they've been uh, tweeting. or Won't people say you're spying on them, Graham? If you, if you, uh, Graham, big brother Jones, spying <laughs> spying on his salespeople. Defend, defend these accusations, <laughs> yeah. Graham. Well, my lord. Um, <laughs> you see, the thing is that what a lot of people forget is social media is largely public. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> you, know, you, you write something on Facebook, and for most people on Facebook, most of the world can see what you've just written. Yeah. So you're not... Looking, you're not. If you're a, a sales director, you're not spying on somebody. You're not snooping on them. This is something they have said. They have broadcast this so, so to how, the world. How's that going to help you run the best sales meeting ever? Because it means that I can introduce into conversation personal things. It means that I can say, you know, I can use the words they've been using. I can find out what they're interested in. I can see what the chat amongst everybody has been on Twitter, so that I can be, you know, on the same page as them. And I can drop things into the conversation that are things that they're clearly interested in. So if they're saying, oh my goodness, we're going to one of Graham's meetings again, I hope it's not like the last one, 
then you can at least find out what they mean by it. <laughs> Absolutely, that. yes. If they've tweeted that and they've broadcast that to the world, then that's fine. I mean, I use it when I'm in sales meetings myself, when I'm selling. You know, I will go to a customer and I will check all their social media activity. Yes. So, you know, recently I was able to sell something because I was able to talk to the chief executive about his ice bucket challenge, which was on his Facebook page. Yeah. Unless you've set your privacy that. controls, folks, on things like Facebook, yeah. etc., you are you are giving anybody yeah. so, the right. So, to if my team person. are in the in this meeting and they have got public social media, then I can look at it just like anybody else in the yeah. world, yeah. and therefore <clears throat> I can look and see what they've been talking about. Now, that's really useful because when you have a conversation and you're talking about you know something that you want to achieve. And you can say, you know, well, Simon, I see you did that recently with your son, and that's a really good way of you achieving yeah. that. And, mm. and I, you know, I can bring in personal things. It engages people. Okay. Sure, talking about their world. And, and to Phil's challenge, what happens if they say, oh, my God, not another one of Graham Jones's meetings? How about this? If you follow the before, during, and after, then one of the things properly, one of the things that will be happening before is your sales people will be looking forward to coming to the meeting. Precisely. Because it's a valuable day, half a day, yeah. however long it's taking, where they get valuable things that help them to do their job better. So that is the challenge. You're not boring them rigid. You're actually setting them up for yep. success in the next month and the months, and the months that follow. Um, my before is you, my, which links to my after, which after should be issuing an action summary. Therefore, the before is you expect everybody to have updated their action summary, what they have done. From we'll, the last meeting. From the last meeting. We'll come on to action summaries as we, as we, as we kind of move through. Um, and I would also just say on timing, gentlemen, I'd appreciate your views. I think the agenda should drive the time, not the other way around. If you happen to have a, a nine to five time slot... It doesn't mean the meeting's nine to five. The meeting could be nine until two or three or whatever. So the agenda should drive the time of the meeting, not fill the day um, with, with yeah, time. Yeah, like you see too many meetings who go, you know, we've got six hours to fill, so how should we fill those six yeah. hours? And then everybody in the room goes, well, this bit's a bit tedious. You know, it's an hour being yeah. filled for the sake of it. Yeah. Well, the agenda expands to fit the time. Yeah. Let's fit the time available. So during, during. Yes, I, I think my, my biggest hate um, at sales meetings, having been on the receiving end of this myself many times, is what we would call... Creeping death. Yes. Around the room we go, how much have you sold last month? How much are you going to sell next month? It tends to be a very intimidating um, uh, thing for the individual uh, involved. It's almost a ritual humiliation sometimes, and the rest of the sales team are nodding off. So I think it's about being clear that that sort of stuff, uh, discussing an individual's performance, is really about a one-to-one. That's That's not really about the sales team. Uh, my next point would be um, uh, making sure that you've got the batting order right on the content. Uh, if, for example, there's an item of news, uh, an item that's going to require participation, uh, a controversial item, uh, and an item of great interest, uh, there's an argument that says that there will be a running order, however you do it, there will be a running order on that. It's not just something to throw in haphazardly. Um, and my uh, uh, last point is that um, I would guide the meeting with questions. You can mm-hmm. open it up, of course, with comments like, what do you think to that, Graham? What's your view on that, Simon? And of course, you can close the meeting down with questions. With yeah. uh, So what's the action point on that, Graham? Simon, do you want to summarise that point before we move on? So 
guide the meeting with questions uh, don't dominate it with a personal performance yeah perfect I think question, it should be conversational, shouldn't it, the, mm. a successful meeting, and it, rather than just you know somebody at the front, some sales director or manager saying, this is what we're going to do, is that all right, folks, good, thank you, move on kind of thing. Uh, there's got to be that participation. Um, I think that's important. The other thing that I think is important is that people will only buy into whatever it is you're trying to achieve in that meeting if you've got evidence to support it. So there's two kinds of evidence that I think work well. One is factual evidence where you can show, you know, our competitors sold this month, this much last month, we sold this much, you know, we need to do another 10% in order to be as good as them or whatever it is. You know, you've got hard data to show people. Uh, it's other, a little bit like bringing your witnesses to court. That's it. it. Yeah, you've got, you've right got evidence to, go. to support you. But the other evidence is telling stories. So getting people to provide examples. And again, this is participation. You know, I know, you know, there you were, Phil. You were out last month, and uh, I know you had a great time with Company X. Tell us exactly what happened, and you give examples and you draw out positive stories yeah. that, that people can build on. Yeah, which is also a way to recognise people, which I would always say should be a part of a part of a meeting yeah. as well. By and yeah. you know doing what Graham suggested, you're getting recognition, you're getting involvement, and you're getting best practice sharing yeah. mm. in a way that's comfortable and easy yeah. and probably quite enjoyable, rather than the creeping death. Best, yeah. what's your piece of best practice for this month, Graham? You know, you, you can you can kind of overdo you yeah. can kind of overdo that. But yeah. if you've got ten salespeople in your team or eight salespeople in your team, best practice sharing through way of stories and live examples. Yeah. Spreads the skill set amongst the team. I think in a very, mm. in a very powerful way. I think involving people are very important, particularly contentious issues, gathering their views, so on and so forth. Because I was always taught. I had a very good manager when I first became a sales manager, and one of the things he said to me is, "You need to make a decision what sort of a sales manager you're going to be. You know, do you want to be the sales manager where the team disagree with you in the car park?" on their own afterwards and have a moan or do you want them to disagree in the meeting so you can talk about it discuss it gather gather their views yeah, you know and point. that's and because there's a difference between compliant salespeople and committed salespeople mm. and that from a motivation point of view so I think you've got to have a, the courage sometimes to discuss these things through and thrash them through and then I used to belong to an organisation that had a mantra in meetings of debate decide do so we have a full debate then we make a very clear decision, then we do. Many organisations, we sort of debate, we don't really make a firm decision, we do half-baked doing, and then we loop back next month and carry on the debate. Yeah. And that's just no way, I don't think, to run a business or an organisation. I guess if, if, if the manager is communicating a policy decision, yeah. uh, there yeah. may not be a huge amount no. of debate, but apart from how we're going to implement it, yeah. uh, as opposed to can we change it, but... I get, I get your point. I mean, a fairly classic, a fairly classic communication structure. I mean, this is this is nothing new. Is if uh, you can visualise a pyramid with three layers in it, and at the top is tell. You tell your team yeah. the decision has been made. This is what we're going to do. And the reason it's at the top of the pyramid, you do as little of that as is possible, yeah. but you still have to do that. Next chunk down is sell, where the decision has already been made, and you're trying to persuade and convince them it's the right thing. And the bottom is the largest part of the pyramid is involve them which is where you involve them in the decision-making, and then you still make the decision. That's what you've absolutely got to be clear about. Just because I'm counselling your views, it doesn't mean yeah. that they're going to be 
fallout but you will you know evolve I think Phil you're fond of saying if they plan the battle they won't battle the plan I am usually a military yeah. man that is burnt on the back <laughs> of the old brain cells but it tells us everything that uh, we need to know about uh, involving yeah. others and uh, for me that includes sharing the agenda items around and yes. yeah. if somebody has come up with the idea that we need to look at product X for half an hour uh, then maybe they ought to be the individual chairing it pass pass Pass, I suppose it's kind of pass the lead, pass the authority over to you. Yeah, it's like a baton change, isn't it? It, it is, and, and, and maybe people listening to this can identify with this. I certainly was, a, as an immature new sales manager, I was of the sort of the mistaken view that I had to do everything and be in charge of everything and solve every problem and be able to sort everything out. And working for a company where we had to provide cover over the Christmas holidays, not Christmas Day, but pretty much every other day. So I because I was in charge, I was the sales manager, I said, give me the dates you would like and then I will tell you which days you're going to be working and which days you're not, which went down really badly. <laughs> I'd, I'd grown up a bit in the intervening year and the next Christmas I said, okay guys, and they were all guys at the time, we need to provide this cover, I'm available as well, over to you, let's get Christmas covered. Within 10 minutes... It was all sorted and pretty much everybody was happy. And then if you just have a contentious issue, then you have to just step in and deal with the final. But then if they plan it themselves, they're really happy. They're really happy with it. Yeah. Anything else in the during chats? I'd, I'd offer a not to do. I'm not fond of the public use of league tables, which I think goes back to Phil's point. I think it's really important to know how everybody is performing versus each yeah. other. Um, I'm not saying don't do it because it's your business, not my business. But I think they can be effective without there being a big a solid yes. dance about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. However, what I can definitely tell you is that number one on the list, if people are being publicly recognised and publicly um, punished for their relevant position, mm. if Mr. Graham Jones is number one on the league table, Mr. Simon Hazeldean is number ten, it's extremely unlikely that Mr. Jones is going to share his secrets with the rest of his colleagues for fear of losing his number one position. I mean, you just have to think about the culture you want to establish within your team. And I think you have to use league tables very, very carefully and intelligently if you're going to you're going to use them. And I suppose the other thing is great opportunity for training as well. Yeah, absolutely. Great opportunity to do training. So what about afters, folks? Um, well, I think... Uh, from the manager's point of view, the director's point of view, um, it's about following up the action plan. Yep. So do we have one? Uh, I think we all uh, uh, hate the concept of minutes uh, and we would prefer uh, something that's a little bit more action orientated. I've never understood the word minutes because they take hours to read. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. That's yes. very good. <laughs> that's a very good one-liner. I wish I'd have thought of it. Um, but yes, following up the... Uh, uh, action plan, particularly if we, the manager, are a key element of it. So if we've committed ourselves to helping with this or providing yeah. that, then we've got to deliver that fairly quickly. Uh, my next point would be um, to circulate at some point, maybe at that uh, midway point between two meetings, uh, some sort of evaluation form on the last meeting. Yeah. What, what have they got out of it? What have they since done? Uh, ideas again, of course, for the next meeting that might be a month or so away. And I think the other thing I would just flag up is that um, uh, in any sales team of 10, uh, the 80-20 principle applies, um, and two members of that sales team will have a dramatic impact on the other eight. Yeah. So after the meeting, are we following up and making sure yeah. that those peer group influencers yeah. are doing it? Because if they're doing it, 
the chances are that by the water cooler when we're not there uh, they will be guiding and helping others uh, in our absence. I mean, they're sometimes called the, the rapport leaders, aren't they, yeah. in the group? And if you know, if they're nodding, the rest of the team will start. You yeah. know, the alpha males, the alpha females, and, and I think sometimes you can share some things with them in advance and say, "We're going to be launching this as a more senior member of the team. Just appreciate your feedback. How do you think this is going to be received?" Because if they're bought in before they come into the meeting, yeah. that that, yeah. that that that, that yeah. very much spreads. If, if time is particularly tight and we haven't yeah. got time to. <clears throat> Uh, eyeball all ten then eyeballing the two yeah. peer group influences would be very very important for me and in terms of action plans versus minutes I definitely have in the past spent hours writing up the minutes <laughs> sent them out to my sales team they didn't read them no. um, so I decided I would catch them out so on page 7 of 15 I wrote at the bottom of the page if you've read this far email Simon the code word yellow banana and one person in ten emailed yellow banana <laughs> so I thought alright I've got you now and I started the meeting by telling them off for not reading the minutes or why did you not code and what transpired as I got feedback <laughs> was that if the meeting minutes were shorter and useful we would read them rather than long boring and yeah. irrelevant so maybe we make the decision to get them on one page and so that, to speak and that was that was what they asked that was what they asked they said we want a one page with priorities when we had a lot of different priorities from different parts of the business mm. I had to, you know, 17 sales priorities you can't have 17 sales priorities no. I would agree with them and put on the flip chart the top three and I said okay guys these are our top three and one of my more senior guys put me on the spot and said so if I come back boss and I've done those three you're not going to have a go at me about number 16 and 17 mm. and that's being held to account as a leader and I said no okay that's 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 my yeah. commitment if we have that's a one page plan. action plan let's call it that I think it's a good idea to let a team member compile that yep. not us the manager because we've got other things to be thinking about but also of course the team member will use the team's words not our words so we can't therefore be accused after the meeting of changing what was actually discussed uh, and agreed coming back to your yeah, but if you're going to do D that I, I would provide them with a standard format of doing it the reason for that is that if you share this job each time every time it will come back a different format yeah. <clears throat> and consequently nobody will know how to engage with the document because it's different every time yeah. so what I would do is I'd kind of make it a format that they just fill in the blanks yeah. and then we all know how to use the document because it's always the same so that familiarity but also what I'd add is after the meeting, I would do some stuff on social media. Mm. I would literally be sending these people, you know, messages and encouraging discussion on LinkedIn or, um, you know, a private. You might have a business where there's a private um, thing like Yammer. You know, you yeah. might be yeah. using that to to have to continue the conversation. But also, I'd have. I think you know, salespeople are doers. They get on and do things. And so it's all very well having you know. This is what happened at the meeting, and these are the action plans. But kind of that's history. And they're worried about the future more than they are about history. So it's how do we help them achieve what they're going to do in the future? Yeah. So I'd have some kind of private web page or system like Basecamp where you're sharing useful links and information that they can click on and, and, and take action with. So the action plan is all very well as a document, mm. but there needs to be something beyond that. So I'd share some kind of link system sharing useful yeah. ideas, tips... You know, you could be in a sales meeting where you say, you know, here's a really good thing to share. Here's a link to saleschatshow.com. 
Yeah. Yes, would it be a great idea? Yeah. In fact, if you could all include that in all your meeting minutes, uh, meeting minutes, meeting action points, I should have said. <laughs> there you go. And many, uh, many organisations will have facilities like SharePoint, Microsoft SharePoint, yeah. and many CRM systems. We use Salesforce as Chatter, yeah. so you can use that as an informal way of Absolutely. how's it going, how's it going, how's the campaign, is this okay, is this according to what sales managers pay attention to and focus on, their people pay attention to and focus. Yeah. So pick up the phone when you're out with them on joint visits, field visits, but also using things like Graham Sam, Chatter, social media, email, text. Keep up, just keep, drip, keep the drip, conversation drip. going. What you focus yeah. on, what you focus on, they focus on. I think the other thing for me on meetings is that when you think about what's happened over the last 10 years, uh, technology has impacted yeah. big time. There's a lot more remote working. There are actually less meetings than mm. there used to be because of all of that. Um, but I think we need to recognise as managers that there is a fundamental human need for salespeople yeah. to meet. Uh, so if they are to meet, uh, let's make sure that the meeting is fun, uh, they get some good personal development out of it, all of those things. Um, let's not just drag them uh, to a central point and waste their time yeah. uh, for a day by boring them rigid with uh, uh, last month's sales figures. And many of the things and many of the principles we've talked about can be taken, applied and adapted to virtual meetings, which is how a lot of sales managers yeah. are managing are managing their teams, have to manage in their teams now because of international nature or geography, etc., so on and so forth. So fundamentally for virtual leadership, it's just the same as being a normal leader, only more difficult, I think is a safe thing to say. And you just have to work harder, two times rule, two times more communication, two times more clarity, two times more yep. checking in. You just apply the same principles and you, you work virtually over whatever you're using, WebEx, Adobe Meet Me, etc., etc., so on and so forth. So please, folks, remember your before, during, and, and afters, and uh, hopefully we've given you some tips there to help you uh, run a really, really great sales. So this meeting. is Phil Jesson, Graham Jones, and the Yellow Banana <laughs> signing off. <laughs> on this episode of um, the Sales Chat Show. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. And from everyone here at the Sales Chat Show, we'd like to wish you good luck and good selling. <laughs>